The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Some of the biggest, most highly anticipated IPOs of the last few years have fallen short, burning the investors who bought into their IPOs. In some cases, they were companies that claimed to be technology companies, but they were ultimately limited by real-world factors. Peloton, WeWork, Blue Apron, Stitch Fix. So as a new wave of IPOs begin, where does Instacart fall? This week on TechCheck, we dive into the grocery delivery app and ask, is Instacart really a tech company? CEO Fiji Simo paints a picture of a platform firmly integrated in technology. So a very large supply advantage and not just, you know, retailers sitting on our marketplace, but actually retailers leveraging our technology, even for their own and operated websites, whether it's Kroger.com, Publix.com, Wegmans.com, Sprouts.com. All of these uh, are powered in one form or another by Instacart. One that leans on artificial intelligence and billions of data points. We have a view into inventory and we have a view, um, in, thanks to AI and machine learning, into what's on the shelf at a given point in time. And if it's not on the shelf, we can suggest the absolute best replacement based on billions of data points that we've accumulated over the years. And that's what creates a much superior uh, experience. And that is also a talking point for Instacart investors. There is a, a, a tremendous amount of technology that goes into it, you know, it, to us, it just feels like, hey, someone showed up with the groceries I wanted. Right. There's a lot more technology that happens in order to guide folks around the store, do things like managing right. and keep the inventory up to date. There, there's a lot more nuance behind the scenes. And I think that that technology itself has a tremendous amount of value. This is a low margin business, but built on software from the very start. But Ben Thompson of Stratechery has a different set of criteria to determine whether a company is truly a tech company and Instacart's core business falls short. The criteria are based on the purest tech play out there, software. Take an application like Microsoft Word. It has zero marginal costs. There's upfront costs to develop and build, but once that is done, Microsoft can produce more and more copies at no cost. But Instacart, it carries extremely high marginal costs. Every time someone orders, it has to buy the groceries, it has to pay the shoppers, and make sure the goods arrive at your door. Software also has infinite leverage. Its total addressable market is the entire world. There are few limitations to downloading Microsoft Word, but Instacart cannot do that. It's limited to the areas around stores that are on the platform. It's limited by the number of people available to shop for and deliver the food. Finally, software has zero transaction costs. In many cases, it doesn't cost anything to use Microsoft Word, but Instacart has significant transaction costs. Every time you order, you're paying higher prices than in store. You're also paying a delivery fee and you have to wait to receive your groceries. All these are signs that Instacart is not a tech company. So I think when you think about the investment case of Instacart, let's just block out the fact that it's up 20% today and ask the fundamental question, which is what is the growth story? They are positioning themselves as a tech company what is the growth story? Like a WeWork, which is limited by the number of spaces it builds, and Peloton, which requires an expensive physical investment in a bike or a treadmill, Instacart is also constricted because it interacts so much with the real world. 
It's a combination of two famously thin margin businesses, grocery and gig economy. That is until you take into consideration that there is another company lurking within the company with a completely different business model, data and advertising. Instacart spent years building up its ad division and then brought in Fiji Simo as CEO, an executive at advertising powerhouse Facebook. Here's Simo shortly after she took over. It's already a very big part and we think it's only going to get bigger in the future. Our retailers are trying to stand up retail media operations because they know that advertising is an important part of making online grocery profitable. Right. And we want to bring our technology, our demand, our ad sales and our expertise in building ad product to them. This revenue stream is also what has allowed the company to do what many tech companies, especially gig economy platforms, cannot. That is turn a profit. Nearly a third of Instacart sales comes from its ads and software segment, raking in over $400 million, or about 28% of revenue in the first half of this year. And as Ben Thompson writes, it is difficult to imagine an app better positioned to sell advertising. For one, it has an extremely captive audience. Instacart users open the app to purchase groceries. They also search for products in the app, which not only feeds Instacart great data on what people are interested in, but it also lets it put relevant ads at the top of results. So if you're searching for Tide Pods or Neutrogena shampoo, it is very easy to imagine the sales process for advertising next to that search. And finally, users, they don't usually search for brands. They type in generic goods, pasta, tomato sauce, that companies from PepsiCo to Unilever can buy ads for to differentiate themselves. I'm always so bored scrolling these apps. I'm like, I would, I would take advertising. Please just give me some idea for dinner and I'll take it. That might be why a huge consumer goods company like PepsiCo decided to invest in the company, buying $175 million in stock at the IPO. At least now when it spends money on Instacart ads, it's also benefiting from any upside. Important to point out, Instacart is not a grocery tech business. It's an advertising business. All the stuff they're doing, sending people into grocery stores with an app and delivering and blah, blah, they, none of that makes any money. The money is where Pepsi steps in and spends a few hundred million dollars to make sure that their products are on the homepage of the app sure. so that when people are shopping, they're, that's, it's an ad business. The ad business also happens to be a better argument for Instacart as a tech company. It has zero marginal costs, unlimited ability to bring more advertisers onto the platform and it can operate without those large transaction costs. It is so compelling that Instacart's competitors are trying to copy the model. DoorDash and Uber, two gig economy companies that are struggling to reach profitability, they're now building their own higher margin ad businesses. Advertising comes through at very high incremental margins. And if they can drive a large advertising business, then that is really a very, uh, it's a positive for overall profit improvement for the company over time. Even giants like Apple and Amazon have launched ad businesses over the last few years. Amazon in particular has grown its quickly. And Instacart, like Amazon, has a key advantage, customers with intent to buy. Users looking for a rideshare or restaurant delivery, they're less likely to add different marketed products to their baskets. But still, it's not without risk. Instacart's money-making division also creates a major conflict between the company and its important grocery partners. Fiji Simo has stressed that Instacart doesn't compete with grocers, it enables them. She says being on Instacart's marketplace ultimately helps grocers get more customers and offer a delivery service that would be too expensive for them to build on their own. 
fundamentally, we deliver incremental customers. You know, these large grocers wouldn't be on our marketplace if that wasn't the case. And they know that by being on the Instacart marketplace, they get to grow faster than the average uh, of the industry. Uh, that's incredibly important. And then the second thing is that because of the scale we have, we have better unit economics, better efficiency for delivery, and we can pass on some of those efficiencies to those, those grocers. And that's why scale matters so much in this business. And their grocery partners, they also tout the benefits of being on Instacart. Yeah, if you look at overall, our online business was up 12%. Uh, it continues to grow. And for us, it's part of our overall seamless. Uh, Instacart has been a great partner uh, for several years and it continues to be. But what they didn't mention is that shopping on Instacart also takes advertising dollars away from grocers. The dirty secret in grocery stores is that CPG brands have been paying for placement within stores for more than a century. Kroger's Financials gives us a peek into just how much grocers rely on their own advertising. In 2017, the last year they broke out this stat, 7% of Kroger's revenue came from vendor allowances. That means that the chain received $8.5 billion in merchandise reductions to sell direct or indirect ads to the companies that makes those products. And here's the crazy part. Their operating profit that year was just $2.1 billion. So that means that Kroger loses money when selling food to customers, but makes up for it through those ads. So when shoppers are not walking through aisles and they're instead scrolling on their phone and looking at Instacart's ads instead, it eats away at that important revenue stream for grocers. It might also be why Simo is investing in its connected stores technology with products like smart carts and electronic shelf tags. We have also diversified the business and invested into new growth bets, like for example, connected stores where we are now building technologies, not just for online grocery delivery, but also for uh, in-store because 90% of the transactions still happen inside uh, grocery right. stores. In 2021, Instacart bought Caper, which makes carts with a touch screen, showing your shopping list, sensors that can detect which items you put in, and even a built-in payment system for self-checkout. It also created carrot tags. That's a shelf label that flashes when you select the item on your phone, making it easier for shoppers to find products. It's another way to make sure that grocers who have integrated these products stay on the platform, even at the expense of their own advertising dollars. On the other hand, for advertising to be effective and profitable, you need a steady stream of customers. And while the ad business has been growing, Instacart's core grocery delivery business has stalled with orders in the first half of this year flat compared to a year ago. You need the core delivery business because otherwise, I mean, the, the reason the advertising business matters is because people open up the apps to do to make their orders and then they see certain products that get prioritized over others or, or there's specials on, et cetera. If somebody's not opening the app in the first place, the advertising is largely irrelevant. Raising a key question going forward, how do you grow a high margin ad business on a stagnant core? In its first week of trading, shares of Instacart were volatile, hitting a peak of $42 after its debut, but finishing the day at $33 and continuing to fall in the days since. It could be a sign that investors are still struggling to understand how exactly to value and even categorize the world's largest grocery delivery platform. It's a complex company with competing needs of drivers, shoppers, customers, grocers, food brands. Instacart's biggest hurdle may be trying to find the balance. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... 
I have a charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.